Hello runners, duffers, old balls, and young bucks. This is Mark Rapaz, your host of the show, The Talent Graveyard. This week we have a pretty special episode. Um, This is our part two of our founder series with Ryan Rapaz, my brother. As happens when two people sit in the room for over an hour, discussion turns to things that are pretty, I guess, intense. At the end of part one, we were left with a somewhat uh, vague answer as to why Collegeville sort of had some difficulties um, in the years after 2004. Um, Ryan and I kind of talked around the topic Though many of us are very well aware of the reason why the team had difficulty, um, especially because of how my brother and I were impacted uh, by that by that uh, spring, we decided we kind of this this episode put some definition to what exactly happened and just as I mean this isn't like fair warning or anything but you know that the topic is pretty emotionally charged makes for um, captivating podcasting perhaps but Ryan and I we we delve into a topic that neither of us have really discussed with one another though I think We've always wanted to, Um, and it's been about eight years. So this is a topic Ryan and I avoided for about eight years. And through this podcast, we were able to find a way to talk about it. And I'm I'm really happy that we did. Um, I think my brother's very happy that we did as well. I personally felt you know, it was just like cathartic. And we've talked and we're like, we're okay with this being out there. I think it's a story that uh, we don't often share, or we don't ever share this story. Um, I mean, we wouldn't even share it with each other. But it's a story that we want people to know. Um, it has defined our running and it has defined our lives. Um, our our adulthood, you could say. Um, it's kind of the day we grew up. Enjoy. You know as well as anybody, Mark, that like 2004 was a pretty fucked up year. Yeah. Um, so, and, and really, I think for me the day, the day the team died for me was like, the day before the getting gear race that year. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, uh, that was the day that, that dad died. Yeah. And, you know, things took such a, a beeline that year, that day. And, you know, it, it, it stopped mattering as much for me. And mm-hmm. it was within, it took a little while for Joe to make the call after that day. Um, that, that was a tough deal. Like I, Andy Keenan could, could 
speak to this. Like, I made a, a few calls that night, um, Friday the, before getting gear, and uh, some of them were tough. Uh, that wasn't my most difficult phone call that night, but I called Andy saying, hey, I'm not going to be at the race tomorrow. Um, you know, my dad died. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was tough, and, and, I, and, and it was just kind of a weird deal. And and from that point on, I just like. And I mean, the referred dad was wearing a Collegeville uniform. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And you're just like, and we were like, going into. I mean, him Abbott, like we're like, man, we are we're starting to build a masters team just out of nowhere. Yeah. It was just like crazy. Yeah. And you're like. So, so a lot of things came to a head that. That spring, um, I went back to school, and you know I I was you know a few months away from getting engaged and and uh, dad dying and my priorities shifted a whole lot and you know I I think back and and I think like all those things contributed to the near collapse of the team as well. I lost interest and uh, you know I feel very fortunate that Joe called me that. That, that oh, yeah. later that that spring or into the summer and and said hey you know I'd be willing to take this team over and it was a weird thing because like I said as as far as I knew no one cared yeah and uh, the fact that someone actually said hey this is something that's valuable that's... is was a pretty important thing and uh, you know as much as I think Joe's an asshole that's his one redeeming quality <laughs> is that he uh, kept this See, that was going. your experience with. Patner, I my experience was was coffee. Mm-hmm. I didn't know coffee until like after dad died. Mm-hmm. It was like all of a sudden, so dad dies and then and then there's coffee. Mm-hmm. And I I can't remember everyone at the funeral. I think coffee was there, and it was just by random chance because his good friend from Saint Olaf was the one who made phone call yeah and you're like i didn't know yeah what kind of weird world is this he approached me at the wake yeah he approached me at the wake and he said hey i I just want you to know that uh it was my friend who pulled up behind your dad and made the phone call to 911 and you know he he actually gave me her phone number and i i did call at one point and i didn't get a message i didn't get an answer and i hung up uh, I mean, what are you going to say? Like, hey, you're the person who uh, <laughs> yeah, found know. my dad, dad dead in his car. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just so people know, like, it wasn't an accident. He had a heart attack behind the wheel driving home from work. He was able to pull off the road. He was able, yeah. He was able yeah. to pull off the road. He ran his car into the... He was... Just got off the phone with Abbott. Yeah. Saying, I'm going to go home and get an eight-miler in. Yeah. That was a that was a messed up day. Um <laughs> In many ways, but it was beautiful, beautiful spring day, and uh, I got uh, I got home from work. I was living at home at the time, and, and mom and dad and, and Laura and I we had planned to go out that night, and uh, I went on. It was the day before the getting gear, so I was going on a short six mile run. I did aisles in Calhoun, and I did a few strides. I walked into the house, and no sooner did I get in the house, I got a phone call, and uh, it was HCMC. And they just said, is Barbara Paz there? And I said, no, this is her son. Can I help you? And they said, well, 
your dad had a coronary episode on the freeway. He's at HCMC. You need to come here right away. And I, and I said, well, is everything all right? And, they, and the last thing they said is like, well, they were performing CPR on him. And, and that, like, at that point, I, I it was like, oh, this isn't good. And uh, I ended up, uh, you know, I called a, couldn't get a hold of mom. You and Cindy were in Korea. I called uh, Ron, my, my dad's brother, and he was the one guy I got a hold, hold of. He was ways away. And when I showed up, it was the most bizarre experience. Three people met me at the door, and uh, they brought me into a, it's called a community room. Sat me down, and they said, your dad died of a coronary episode, and for the longest time, I felt, you know, I was the only one I knew in the world. I tried calling everybody, and nobody yeah. answered, and, uh, I don't know, yeah, it was strange, it was hard, and, uh, everyone, I, yeah, just everyone you call, no answer, no answer, no answer, and, you know, I don't know, you want to hear the most messed up thing? You ready for this? <laughs> Sure. Yeah, you can edit it. You've, out. Ne- you've never told me any of this. Um, ah, we can save this for another time. No. What? You really want to know? Step you called that morning. Did I? Yeah. Well, I remember talking. I remember talking. I was on my walk home. I was. Wa- I was walking to the subway in Korea I talked to dad I don't know if he did really why talk to me really phone was down in my room and uh, I answered the phone that morning and he heard the phone ring he came down and I remember rolling over I was in bed still had a little bit before I had to get up to go to work and he uh, said, yeah, it's Mark. And uh, so we started chatting just a little bit, barely, and he stood in the doorway for a moment. He had to get to work. And there was a moment he stopped. He looked back. <laughs> like he wanted to talk. And he turned around. And he went to work. I don't know. You could I I don't think you talked to him that day. No, I I remember distinctly being like I was walking I was walking to meet Doll to go to the subway. And I, I remember like being like like distinctly being like things are going okay and it was like the first time things were going okay in Korea you know mm-hmm. and you don't remember I was only talking to you the whole time I don't know it, the way I remember it is that I was on the phone with him talking or with you talking yeah. to you and, and he came down um Gave a quick little look like, hey, I'd like to talk to Mark, but I got to get going. 
And we kind of just kept chatting. He took off. Yeah. Maybe you talked to him that day. Maybe you talked to him that morning. I don't know. No, I think, I, I mean, I... I mean, I, I know I, I did talk to him. Yeah. And if that was... If that was your morning, that was my night. Yeah. And I think I had just previously talked to him. So I, I know I talked to him. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I was... Because I, I even... I can even pull up an email message I sent to Renee McGraw that I sent days after Dad died. Mm-hmm. And I was like... He's like, how are you doing? Because he was one of the first people like, mm-hmm. like, are you okay? And I sent him, I'm like, you know, it was unusually, it was strange mm-hmm. in that I actually directly told dad that I loved him mm-hmm. over the phone mm-hmm. and told him things were going okay. Mm-hmm. And things were not going okay for me mm-hmm. in Korea up until that point. And it, so, I know I talked to him. So maybe you did, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I called, I mean. So anyhow, yeah, you know, and and it's funny thing, like, to think that that had any influence on the next, I don't know. It's just a surreal moment, you know. And, and regardless of whether or not you had talked to him, I distinctly remember talked to you and, and it was like he, he paused at the door. He looked back. Like he wanted to say something. Took off. Yeah. And the next thing, next time I saw him. He was probably going to say, don't tell him not too much at the bar. He probably was going to. <laughs> um, that's what he said every time. <laughs> I, I mean, I would call. Uh, I, I, at that time, I called a lot. Mm-hmm. Called home all the time, and I was calling. I was always calling home. Mm-hmm. Was there like some? You feel bad, like. Why was that such a difficult moment to share? I don't know. Just that he, were you? Have you been worried that I never got to say goodbye adequately? I mean, I don't think any of us have. <laughs> No, you know <laughs> that's no. the nature of it. Well, the viewer, uh, listeners here, like Grant, this is all going to get cut out. But uh, you know, I think it was a, uh, it was so abrupt. Uh, he was a, uh, he was fit. He was training for the Grandma's Marathon. It was April. He was running a lot of miles. He was a three fifteen marathoner. Three fifteen machine, and uh, for someone to die of a heart attack. At, that he was getting checked out. Yeah, he, he still was. Doing two a year now. Yeah, yeah. He's still doing grandmas in Twin Cities. In fact, he had done Honolulu. Uh, Just a few months prior. Jan- that's a January, January marathon. Finished it a little slower, a little rougher than normal. Um. You know, I I mean, I can't imagine what it's like for you and Cindy. To be in Korea and, and get a phone call like that. It was, I mean, we were, uh, it was morning. For some reason, I didn't get blindly, blindingly drunk the night before, <laughs> which is was unusual at that time. The way it had to happen, too. I mean, I had to send an email and say, like, uh, you got a call. You got a call. Call home right away. 
And we sat up waiting for the call. And then... We had been at the hospital. It happened during rush hour on the way home. and uh, So I got to the... I got to HCMC you know, like 6 p.m. or so. I don't know. Something like that. Um, oh, and like, God, getting there too. Like I said, I got brought to this family. Three three people. Uh, a nurse and some other guy. And then the freaking chaplain of the goddamn church. The, the, the chaplains. Dude. Chaplain. <laughs> and, you know, I understand why they sent him. <laughs> but, but, and no offense to anyone who's like... This isn't about being religious or not. Like, this is just some, just sorry son of a bitch who, like, couldn't run his own church, so they put him in the, <laughs> as a chaplain of a, of a hospital. I'm pretty sure they even have, like, chaplain school. You think, yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know. He got, his, he got his certificate online or something. <laughs> they hired him. Phoenix University. Yeah. So they, so I'm sitting there, and we go through the whole deal. They tell me, and, like... I'm not expressing any emotion. Like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Like, I'm a good mis- Midwestern boy. Like, I'm not going to sit there and, like, ask for anything. And I'm just sitting there, and, and he's got this goddamn fucking 64-ounce cup of soda. And uh, he's sucking on it. And I remember it had him in just nothing but ice in there because it just slurping. Because he was nervous, man. Yeah, he didn't know how nervously to drinking. Uh, we got one kid in here, one kid in here, and you know he's got at at this point. You're 25 at that. Nobody point. in the world knows except for us four. And you know what he says to me? Twins play tonight. <laughs> Parking's typically bad around HCMC. Did you find a spot all right? <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> and I look at him and I'm like, yeah, I, I parked in the lot. Like, what are you supposed to say? <laughs> like, your dad just, you found out your dad just died and like, you had to pay the my, 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 my dad died. Do, do you guys, uh, do I get a parking voucher for this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he gets validated. He got validated. So, like, I feel like I left a million phone messages, and and then, you know, and and and, and then finally, mom called the cell phone, and oh god, you had to tell everybody. Yeah, you know, I had to tell Ron. I had to tell. Yeah. When you told, when you, um, told you told me in the morning, and the toughest part. I mean, obviously, you thought grandma died. Yeah, I just. You just assume, like, oh god, it's yeah, it's about time. <laughs> Turns out she's gonna live she's, another twelve years or something like that. She's been pissed off and yeah. for years. Yeah, guess um, what, Grandma? You're still gonna kick it. Yeah, Grandma's years. gonna stay alive, be angry. Yeah. Um, but uh, the hardest part was because um, Cindy was on her way to my apartment at that time, and you know. I was so angry and sad. And Did you find out before Cindy? Yeah, I found I out. You guys Ryan, were both there. No, Cindy wasn't there. Ryan, Ryan called. I need a goddamn beer. Um, Ryan called and like I have some, I guess. You know, I remember thinking like, I remember thinking like, okay, this he, he's just, he's not dead. He's, he's just having um, you know, I I just didn't believe it, you know. And then the next thought was like. Oh my God, Cindy's on her way over here. I have to tell her, do like, do I wait for her to show up? 
Or I call her on a cell phone. You know, so she finds out on a subway Mm -hmm. walking down the streets of Seoul. And that time period between... I ended up, you know, obviously not calling. I stayed on the phone with you and Mom. It's that time period of waiting for Cindy and knowing that her walk to my apartment, however long that would be, like, Dad was going to be alive for her. She'd mm-hmm. at least enjoy those eight minutes. Enjoy those eight minutes or whatever. Or not know any And then, but I just knew, like... It was going to change her world forever the moment she walked in. And I told her immediately right when she walked in. And it was just like, it was the worst thing. It was just like, there's nothing like this. And then Brad, one of my friends in Korea, he's still my friend in Korea. He shows up like five minutes later and he's like, you know, hung over. He's all hung over. He's like, hey, what's going on, Mark? I'm just like, I'm just like, Brad, what the fuck are you doing here? And I just slammed the door on him. And he's just like, what? And I was just like, and then we, and then we climbed this little mountain. And we made Brad and Bronte come with us. And then. uh, Yeah, everything means a little bit more. It meant for us. And then then I look back and I'm like, oh, poor Brad and Bronte had a like walk with us for hours yeah. up this mountain. Yeah. And we're gonna pretend that everything's a tribute to this. That had to yeah, be it's so like, awkward for them. Yeah. And you're like I, fe- I mean I mean I mean but also mm-hmm. like Brad, I mean like, and he's always gonna be an mm-hmm. oddly connected friend. Yeah. For life. Because he was he was there. He was like the one guy I knew. Yeah and I think for and just to bring, and, and I don't know how much this is going to be watched. Yes, yeah. it might be episode two. But lost <laughs> But I think I think what people need to realize is that who didn't know my dad and and, and understand that like obviously it's very important to who we were as you know, but from a running perspective, he was the reason why you guys were runners. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's the reason why he's you still know, doing. Yeah. I think the bond. Why? The bond that I never I never search for things to have in common with my dad. I think some people do. I think some people grow up n- not really necessarily. But having then there's that, those that weird things connection. where you're like, "Oh God, I'm but, standing yeah. like my dad would," yeah. <laughs> which is weird. Well, I think the other thing right. is you saw what running could offer. Yeah. Like, he, he, your dad paled around with the yeah. guys that he used to go for and I think that's runs in, with. Yeah, and I think that's exactly where I'm going with this is that um, I look at Collegeville and, and Collegeville really was born in Maple Grove. Uh, you know, he, he, he met up with... The guys. Uh, 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 yeah, he, he met, met up the with Mel, eight, eight, eight to Mike 12 Myers. runners on, yep. Mike Myers. on Saturday mornings. and they I want to be like Mike because yeah. Mike's always breaking three hours. Yeah. <laughs> the Mel running yeah. running miles Bye. upon yeah. miles with a pacemaker. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like he was 75 at 33. Yeah. <laughs> he had totally gray hair. Bob Ringwalski. Bob Ringwalski. The Rassiers. <laughs> <laughs> Like uh, uh, the so Bra- Rasmussen's. Google and the that Rasmussen's name. came in late. Rasmussen's came in late. They yeah. were, but they were there. Yeah. But I think Ken ran a couple marathons because of the group. But I think, 
like really the club is modeled after what we saw growing up this this idea Saturday that, mornings that running isn't about just personal gain and, and PRs it's about camaraderie and it's about having uh, something together it's about showing up and having this shared experience and uh, going for a long run drinking yeah. some beers I think mom later started making mimosas yeah <laughs> she ruined it <laughs> so you know and I and I always look back throughout and, and I've said earlier that like you know you hit this turning point in the team and it was even before dad died that like it didn't mean the same thing to to everybody else on the team that it did to me and and I think in some way I was trying to capture uh, something that I grew up with, you know, uh, the holiday lights run and chili yeah. feeds afterwards and uh, seeing them come back on Saturday mornings in the middle of the winter with icicles hanging yeah. in their face and, uh, you know, all of that stuff. Uh, having to wait for dinner until Dad came back. Yeah, I was having, waiting for dinner, yeah. Having, you know, the fact that he had this thing, um, this thing that he was chasing and uh, it, it meant so much and uh, I remember you know I kind of eulogizing him at the at the wake and saying that uh, we all became runners because we had to meet him where he was at and find a way to like embrace what he had found so so important and he he towed us along into this world um you know that's the interesting thing now becoming a dad and I think you know, it, it sucked not having him at the wedding, but not having him, like, here when you become a dad. Yeah. It's like, of all the things that you have in common, yeah, like, fatherhood is probably the most impactful thing, and to not be able to share that and say, like, you know, you were my father, now I get to be the father to somebody else, I think. I don't know. That's kind of tough. Mm-hmm. So. Well, going back to Mike Cook, he shows up that one day. I wasn't there. I wasn't home from school yet, but he's like, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what to do in situations like this, but he, like, brought a case of MGD and White Castle. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, that's about the perfect thing you could have done. It's a good start, Mike. And, you know, <laughs> what good. do we do every June? Yeah. Yeah, and I think, yeah. No, not that we want to make this whole podcast about what Bob has. It is called The Founder. Yeah. Huh. There you go. The writing sensibilities in Mark is going to get all metaphorical. Uh, hey, I just didn't, I didn't want to say your name until yeah. your students could search you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, without a doubt, he lives through the team. Uh, the uh, White Castle... Wednesday after the Grandma's Marathon is a tribute to him. It's an honor, and I think uh, it goes partially acknowledged and somewhat unacknowledged that like this is a tribute to him, and I, and so many of the guys who knew him embrace it and understand that. And I, you know, we don't make a big deal about it that day, but I think that's pretty awesome. Um, so it's interesting. We spent a lot of time talking about where this team began, and we started with the actual beginning of the team, but. Um, the true beginning obviously starts, I think, well before we even step foot on St. John's. And mm -hmm. um, I'm sure maybe there's a few people who disagree with that. Maybe not. Um, fuck it. 
and, I started. And, I started the team, and I started the team with with all that stuff, kind of uh, carrying all that stuff into the team. You know, and they disagree with, but they're real assholes. Yeah. Happens <laughs> an asshole. It's okay. He's never gonna be in dude. No. Yeah. Um, but we'll give him his props. Uh, I, I think. Yeah. He picked it up after that. He he yeah. he picked up the wreckage that that occurred that spring, and part of it was uh, me kind of spiraling uh, uh, that spring because of, of him dying. I ran the the marathon that year. We were actually that you was going to be a neat. You ran grandmas, grandmas. and that was going to. I mean, that was going to be a neat thing. And he was training for grandmas. I was training for grandmas, and uh, my date. Your debut marathon. That was my debut marathon, and. I love the fact that uh, he was going to be out there with me. Uh, and then he wasn't. And uh, it was a good thing. I blew up. <laughs> <laughs> you were swearing at everybody. I know. But that was. He would have been breathing down your neck. He, he, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been closing up. <laughs> he would have been. 306. He would have been right on my tail. Uh, so, where'd the team go from there? You'd have to ask Joe Pappen, but we'll never find out because we won't interview We're never going to interview him. <laughs> so, I'm not, I haven't competed a whole lot in the last two years, but it's pretty awesome knowing that we've still got this thing rocking. Yeah. Stronger than ever. That is it. Thank you for listening. I bet everyone can't wait for a cheap beer and a Crave case. I might go out and buy one right now. Um, Wednesday run has not been defined. I cannot host this week. Pappen cannot host this week, so, well, I think it might be up to Steve Christopher, because he just moved. Um, no performance update this week, at least not in the middle of the show. I just didn't think it'd be appropriate, but I do want you guys all to know that there's a few Collegeville members out there who have just finished or hopefully they just finished a 200k race on Jeju Duel Island so huge props go out to Chris Dahl and Joseph Thompson they were they're members of Collegeville East based out of Seoul South Korea pretty amazing stuff um, I also want to say I know Dahl's gonna give me total crap for this but there was a mountain mentioned in the podcast based in Korea. Dahl and his marvelous wife Sunjun were also there that day, and they climbed that mountain. They came from northern Seoul or something like that, to, which is a pain in the butt. They came all the way there just to provide support to my sister and I on that day, and it's something that we've never forgotten. Um, Dahl and I have climbed that mountain two other times, uh, most recently last year, and it was pretty awesome. So anyway, uh, that's the show. We're really doing it. <laughs>